0: you're listening to the journey to zero podcast hosted by all truck zero if you want to stay ahead of the game and find out more about the very latest green truck technology or you're looking for hints and tips on how to decarbonize your own fleet then this is the place for you in this podcast we'll be sitting down with the thought leaders who are guiding the way on the journey we're all on as we work to decarbonize the transport industry Hello and welcome back to the Journey to Zero podcast. Today, I am really grateful to be joined by Graham Usher from Holsteins. Graham is here today to talk about eco fridges and why we should move away from traditional diesel fridges in order to protect the environment and our health. So if you could just introduce yourself, Graham, and explain what it is that you do.
1: Well, good morning, Hannah, and thanks for the opportunity to explain a little more about stains and what we do. Probably starting on that point, what I'd probably take a step back and give you a little bit more introduction to Holtsteins, because it's not a new business. We've been around for 76 years, predominantly feeding across the Nordic markets with our hydraulic dry fridges. Uh, We used to make diesel fridges actually, and they stopped making diesel fridges some 20 years ago. So I think it's fair to say within Northern Europe, uh, they're probably further ahead of the curve on carbon reduction than we are. But certainly their their main focus now is uh, emissions and emissions control. So we'll touch more into that later if we get the opportunity. So my name is Graham Usher. I'm the MD for the Holstein's UK operation. Uh, And within the operation is technical support and sales. Um, So that's where we are. We're still a reasonably new business to the UK market, but we've got firm orders on the ground with trucks running around within a large large rental fleet and we've got you know, quite a lot of orders for for next year already uh, and, and really we've got two product ranges that sit within our portfolio and i think you quite rightly say is that we've got the eco fridge and the eco fridge is a hydraulic drive refrigeration unit which is a direct replacement for a diesel refrigeration but we also have another product called ecogen and, and ecogen is a it's not a new product to the uk but i think it's probably ahead of its time. So EcoGen was only ever designed to fit to predominantly tractor units. And actually it uses hydraulic power to to generate 400 volts of electricity. So you can plug your fridges into the electric supply without running the dirty diesel engines of the main fridge unit. So they're the two products we have and a little bit more about myself.
0: Fantastic, no, that's brilliant. Thank you for that introduction. So I'm just wondering, you say that you moved away from the traditional diesel fridges. Can you explain a little bit about why you did that and why these, these diesel fridges are bad for the environment?
1: Yeah, sure. I think, you know, when you look at within that sphere, I mean, certainly speaking about Holsteins and why they moved away, I, I think they saw that the future was not going to be using diesel driven units. Uh, so they put their focus into hydraulic drive, which has some real benefits, not only good for the environment, but it's really good for the, the operator's pocket as well. And, and we can touch on a bit of that because I think there's a, there's a direct correlation when you look at the, the more carbon you want to reduce is the more direct saving of less diesel you require. So the two run hand in hand. Uh, but um, and I think really it was looking at the diesel engines that are being used within, it doesn't really matter which manufacturer you go to. I'm not going to put names out there. They're all using industrial diesel engines, some slightly better than others, and there's been some changes over the recent years. But the made the primary the primary reason why they're dirty is that it's directly in the combustion, direct to atmosphere. It's not like the modern Euro six truck engines now where you've got, you know, very complex filtration systems that actually are are filtering out all of those harmful diesel particulate matter and NOx Um, with a diesel engine on a fridge. It's combustion to atmosphere and all of that uh, diesel particulates and and, and NOx is being emitted into the atmosphere. So a very old technology. If you look at it from just basing it around, we're using Euro six now. there's talk of a Euro seven, uh, and we know the amount of you know, hundreds of millions of euros it's been invested in to get to where we are now. The, you know, the engines that these diesel engines are using are used around about Euro two to Euro three. So it really tells you how far you're going back because they're kind of fitted. Nobody's asked questions because red diesel has been there. Uh, it's been heavily supported. And to be fair, the operators have been around the industry for a long time, and operators have never really focused on how much red diesel is. It's a big, it's a big container at the end of the yard, and it's filled up occasionally, and and it and it goes into the diesel engines. But obviously, that's all stopped for the first of April when red diesel is no more.
0: Yeah, no, that that's really interesting that you say that it's similar to a a Euro two engine. And why why is it that there's is a there separate standards for fridges as for yeah. trucks, even though I suppose they're both on the road.
1: So, there is no, there's no legislation around. Um, what, what if you look at where does diesel engines for trucks fit in it, there's there's a class, a classification of engine called non road mobile machinery. Uh, And that fits into when you look into engines that fit within farming, fishing, um, forestry, agriculture, uh, and also for fridge units. So there was no real focus in terms of emissions control up until about three years ago, when I think it was NRMM stage five, and I may be wrong on the stage five bit, but there was a massive change with regards to the legislation that came through on these non robot machinery that if it produced 17 kilowatts of energy and over, it then had to almost comply to Euro six, certainly the the stringent levels were, you know, the, the reduction in emissions was marked. And that's why you saw a number of the truck manufacturers reduce the capacity of their fridge engines to drop below the 17 kilowatts. Therefore, they didn't need to comply to that. Uh, And because obviously, if you fall below that level, the emissions, uh, it's literally, as you say, it's it's combustion to exhaust, exhaust and then out to atmosphere. So that's the real reason. It kind of fits something strange, because when you look at it, that the diesel fridge units don't fit with any criteria. It's not really controlled by Department of Transport. It's not really controlled by DEFRA. Uh, and nobody's really picked up the, who looks after it and, and whether it's being uh, you know, looked at and scrutinised to reduce the emissions. But things are changing. I think some reports that have recently come out, certainly the one that's been commissioned by Zemo, and which was paid for by the Department of Transport Scotland, when they did testing at Millbrook. Uh, and if you looked at that particular diesel engine, I'm not going to say which diesel engine it was, because I think they're all all, all, brand, all round about the same, The diesel particulate matter increased by somewhere between 500 to 1000% more. So these things are very, very dirty. And I think I'm right in saying that diesel particulate matter, there's six chemicals that sit within it, and every one is carcinogenic as uh, so the, and also NOx, as you know, is nasty stuff. And again, it leads to some severe illnesses when continually breathed in. So it seems strange to me that you've got all of these London or the, the low emission zones and CAS is coming downstream. Uh, and whilst operators are being forced to reduce the emissions uh, to Euro six level or better. But nobody seems to care about the diesel engine if it's a fridge behind it, you know, yeah. which seems strange, but hey, I'm sure things will change
0: yeah, absolutely that that is really shocking, actually, that as you say, there's more and more standards coming in to protect the the engine of the truck, but not fridges, so that, yeah. that's crazy, and you mentioned that they can use. Red diesel, which again is another, you know, interesting fact, because uh, you know, red diesel is has rebated tax, so it's cheaper. But you say that is going to be changing in April. Is that is that right?
1: Yeah, there's the, within the the, the late, it was, this has been bubbling around in the industry for a couple of years. Uh, red diesel is being looked at very carefully. I think we all know that the government is heavily subsidising electric vehicles. There is going to be a shortage of tax revenue coming through. Uh, I think, to when you look across most other countries around Europe, I'm not saying all, but most, uh, there is no such thing as red diesel. Uh, but in the UK, there has been. And for those that don't know, red diesel uh, attracts, uh, I think, a duty of only 11 pence, whilst it should attract the duty of 59 pence. So it's going up by about 48, 49 pence per litre uh, as of 1st of April 2022. Uh, but that's only for transport operators. And I think there's some other criteria. So I don't think farmers are affected or fisheries are affected, uh, but I'm sure they will be in in, in uh, Oh, also, I think you can get away with it if you've got a personal boat, but um, uh, the the rest of certainly uh, the construction industry and and the food industries will be forced to use white diesel.
0: Okay, no, that that is really interesting and I suppose good in the case of moving away from diesel in fridge engines. That would be a really, really good thing. Yes, absolutely yeah so moving away then from these dirty diesel truck fridges can we talk a little bit more about your fridges and how how they're different so if you could explain a little bit about each of the models that you touched on earlier that would be fantastic yeah
1: i think probably we can there's a couple of questions you put down here that i can probably mingle some of the answers into two or three questions i think if we look at the diesel engine currently uh, and other than if you go into uh, some of the the larger fridge engines for um trailers where they do generate electricity, primarily when you're looking at rigids as we are, which is our product range, sits with any anything within 14 to 26 tonne operations um, diesel engines will automatically run there's a diesel engine that drives that power that drives belts that drive a compressor that's the chain of events so it's the diesel engine creating the power to drive the belts and the belts then drive the compressor the compressor then refrigerates the body in a very simplistic term what we do is we replace that diesel engine using hydraulic power which is a we take we require a small amount of energy from the truck engine so the operator would specify an engine drive pto which is you know a standard option pretty much on every mark of truck uh, we actually fit a, a pump onto the back of the pto adapter and we use that pump to generate the power to drive the belts and the belts then drive the compressor so we cut out the diesel engine completely uh, therefore yes you are still using a small amount of diesel because you when you then look at instead of having a a one and a half litre or a two litre diesel engine to drive the power. We're only using probably five to seven horsepower out of the engine. But the engine that we're using is a 400, 450, Or when you look at the EcoGen units that we have, some of the tractor units are 500 horsepower. So we only require a very, very small amount of that energy. So therefore, the energy use is greatly reduced. Um, but also the real big benefit comes not only with the saving in diesel, but also emissions, because then we're using emissions at Euro 6. So so you're going from literally no emission control to Euro 6. So you're seeing a drop in your NOx and and DPM, which are the two real chemicals that really nobody really speaks about, but we know that they do untold damage to to people's health in urban areas. Uh, They're dropping by over 98%, so massive drop you know and you're saving money so when, when you look at driving a fridge unit typically from talking to operators up and down the country they'll be using a standard diesel engine we'll use somewhere to region one and a half to two and a half liters an hour depending on the operation depending on the time of year so i mean when you're looking to drive a hydraulic drive fridge we'll be using uh, you know between 100 milliliters and 150 milliliters so something like an 80 to 90 percent drop in fuel consumption wow that is it yeah so i mean there's a there's some i i always term it when you when you look at this this exercise because i mean people all want to go green and and i think you know our lives are all going to change whether we like it or not uh because we we move away to be carbon neutral uh uh, within what we know within every sector of of our lives and so I, i think when you look at that aspect of it this is really low hanging fruit for operators to tap into this technology from a new perspective now that you know if, if you could say it was lying in fruit these are strawberries because there is a d- massive direct saving in terms of cost but also when you look at a typical rigid operation doing 1500 hours would be emitting like eight tons of carbon where you can bring that down to under a tonne of carbon so um, again emissions control you're reducing it by 98 percent while still saving on average probably three or four thousand pound a year by the time you factor in uh, fuel usage and and maintenance costs that you don't have to do with a hydraulic drive fridge.
0: Yeah that is absolutely fantastic and and interesting that you you were talking a little bit about the efficiency of it and how much less fuel that your fridges use so can you explain a little bit more about that efficiency and how is it quite inefficient than the traditional truck
1: fridges? Yeah because I mean with any any diesel unit I mean and they they all run somewhere between 25 an industrial diesel engine is around about 20 to 25 percent efficient so if you look at it the other way around every liter of fuel you put in it um that is 75 of that diesel is wasted within the you know the, the the control of the engine and being very inefficient when you look at euro six engines um particularly i won't get onto gas and lmg because they're slightly different but talking about a direct replacement for lmg for diesel on euro six they're around about 43 to 46 percent efficient so you're already looking at an engine that's twice as efficient but and to be fair uh, you know you'd agree with that because i mean the amount of millions and millions of euros that have been invested in these engines to be more efficient uh, and to obviously not and, and to be very skinny in terms of using fuel. So tapping into that, that, that power that's already there. And also, you've got a lot of energy that's wasted within you know any diesel engine. And what we try and pick up is that the, the PTO will use an element of kinetic energy. Uh, so it's, it's using energy that would have been wasted uh, through the PTO as well. So there's an element of saving there.
0: Okay, brilliant. No, that was a really good explanation. So, I, I know you mentioned the previous answer as well about that you only cater to Regis at the minute. Can you explain a little bit more about that and why is it that you can't operate your product on trailers yet? And will you potentially have a product in the future that could?
1: It's a good question. I, I think no is the answer i don't think altsteins uh, are going to go down the route of manufacturing a a trailer unit and and there's a couple of reasons why that sits behind that we've only really touched on talking about eco fridge we've not touched on about eco gen. so if we if we look at if you're going to talk about trailers now and and forget the ridges to one side and let's look at the trailer and trailer operations i think you know there are going to be electric fridges into the future uh, but certainly for the next Five years to 10 years, they're going to be very expensive. Uh, and, and when you look at the actual cost, and I haven't got an accurate cost, but certainly I'm being told the fridge unit is going up in price somewhere between 30 and 40,000 pounds uh, to have an electric fridge. Now, when you do that, that's fantastic, and, and you get one electric fridge. That's all it is because that's the only one. And that comes with some real, I mean, I I was operational working for a previous company for a short time. So I think operationally, you've got to look very carefully at this because when you look at the way that uh, an operation of a trailer is, that it's fine. On some operations, you can actually have it, you know, fixed to the tractor unit, but what happens when you haven't got the battery power? What happens when you can't charge it up? What happens when it runs out of battery? What happens when you want to leave it on a customer's yard to preload it and there are no electric hookup facilities? So, uh, and also then what do you do with the residual value? Because at the end of the day, an eight or nine year old trailer which has got a battery on it with an electric fridge where do you sell it i mean i can't see it going out to russia and other places because uh, they just won't be able to support it and then how long does the battery last so there's certainly some operational challenges around electric fridges from cost operation and then how you dispose so but i'm sure that um, the likes of carrier and others have thought very heavily about that me logically i mean the simple answer to this is that You fit an EcoGen. Uh, We touched on EcoGen. EcoGen is a device. It's a hydraulic device that fits to tractor units that generates 400 volts at 50 hertz. So when you look at every fridge unit that's out there in operation has an electric motor. So what I try to explain to customers is that don't look at as a traditional diesel fridge engine as a fridge engine. Look at it as it's an electric fridge with a diesel backup. And what we need to do, we need to change it. It's there being a diesel fridge when the electric back up, it's vice versa. So that way we can then look at it. You, you plug in when you're coupled to a tractor unit, an ecogen generates electricity from the truck engine unit using Euro 6 emissions, saving the operator some in a reason of about 70 to 75% on fuel, reducing the emissions by you know 98%. And then when he's at base, he can plug into electric. But if he needs to run on diesel, you can have a drop in HVO, uh, which is a replacement diesel for the small amount of time that he needs to run on diesel engine. That makes that a completely carbon neutral, but using a standard piece of equipment that's available now. Because I think, I think what's evident when you look around, and obviously, I'm very keen on looking at what new technologies are coming down down the pipe. So many uh, manufacturers saying we've got jam tomorrow. I can save you this tomorrow. There's this coming down tomorrow or next year or you know, but. Holsteins have got products here, they're here, they're now, I mean, you can specify them now and they fit and they work and, and the savings are now so and I think certainly with uh, operators that are running anyone that's running a Scania, a Volvo or a Renault, that EcoGen can be retrofitted. So the timing gear is already built into every one of those engines. So if an operator has any of those trucks and wants to fit an EcoGen to run their fridge on electric and turn every trailer it couples to into an electric fridge, we can do it right now. Just,
0: yep. I haven't gone
1: on too much here, everyone. No, uh, no, I get no. I'll get a bit passionate about <laughs> No, no, and I do,
0: I agree with you there. There's a lot of technology that is coming out, but it's not quite ready yet, and it may not be ready for the next 10, 20 years, and we do need to take action yeah. now. So as you say, you can make a... Ninety-eight percent reduction in your emissions through this,
1: yeah. and, and, and ecogen is, is, is I, I would call it as a transition technology. I mean, in ten years' time, when we have fully electric trucks or we have hydrogen-driven, that's you know going to be hydrogen-driven with regards to then running, you know, charging batteries to run the trucks. Uh, eco-gen will no longer be required, but certainly for the next ten to fifteen years, there is, it can play a valuable part in you know reducing cost and emissions.
0: Yeah, absolutely. No, that that's really brilliant i think you touched on on my next question there about retrofitting it onto old diesel trucks or older diesel trucks and um, is it only those manufacturers you can fit to then
1: yeah there's some some criteria if, if you're talking about eco um fitting an eco fridge onto a rigid yeah. there's very few truck manufacturers that would specify or fit uh, the timing gear for a uh, an engine pto as standard uh, they're all options you sh- you, you take on uh, when you purchase something uh, and, and if there's any operators listening to this that are running fridges and they don't really want to change yet all i'd do is encourage them to specify a pto uh, now because it's only you know a few hundred pounds uh, whether they don't whether they use it or not what that enables them that enables them to tap into fitting a hybrid uh, facility at a later date to turn that fridge into electric if they're forced to. So having the PTO there to start with, you know, I will say, you know, it's a get out of jail card. You know, at the end of the day, if legislation changes where you need it, you can then fit an EcoGen onto that particular truck and turn it into an electric fridge. Mm-hmm. When it comes to EcoGen on tractor units, it's slightly different. Uh, if pretty much a Renault, Scania and Volvo all have the PTO timing gears, built in so it's a really easy retrofit we just have a an adapter that plugs directly into the engine and it converts it to a pto all the other makes of truck you would need to specify a pto from new you, uh, when you're buying the truck
0: okay brilliant no, that's really great information so um i know the company has been around for quite some time as you say since around was it 1944 um, mm-hmm. and the technology for these ecogen and EcoFridges has been around for you say 20 years or so, so uh,
1: well they made the first hydraulic dry fridge 59 years ago so it? this is not new technology yeah so okay. it's, uh, while it's new over here it's certainly not new technology
0: okay so why do you think it is that we are still using these diesel fridges as opposed to hydraulic drive fridges
1: I don't think there's ever been a desire to change. I think certainly operators in the UK are quite conservative. I mean, if, if it's not broken, why, why try to fix it? Um, they've had obviously cheap diesel to put into them for many years uh, and no focus has been put into that area. Some have some operators have gone down that road and enjoyed the savings fitting. Uh, certainly Frigger Block have been around a long time doing their technology, which is, you know, diesel free. It's um, slightly different their technology, but um, uh, certainly, not not as much saving that can be gained um, by fitting a, a, a eco gen, eco fridge. Our savings are better, uh, so I think that's really it. To be fair, no one's forcing them, and I think it's been cheap to run on red diesel. So I think the real change is going to come um, from red diesel going up when uh, operators. And also, you know, when you look around and and you read, is that corporate sustainability is becoming you know a prerequisite now, isn't it? And, and I kind of think we're on the curve. And, and I think what's interesting talking to operators up and down the country is that that they're, they're, they're very interested in, in, obviously, sustainability. But what they're more interested in is cost savings. Uh, cost and ask why if you look on the logo, it's cost and carbon, uh, because that seems to be the focus within most operators. If it's not going to save costs, they're, they're not really bothered about saving carbon. So but I think that cycle will change. Um, and, and as time unfolds, as companies are forced down the road to, you know, decrease their carbon, then, then technologies where there is a marginal saving will, will be chosen. So, but certainly, fortunately, we're, we're in that curve that we can save most operators quite a bit of money to.
0: Yeah, that's really interesting. I don't know whether you could elaborate a little bit more on the cost-saving part of using the EcoGen and the eco fridge.
1: Well, the co- I mean, the cost saving really depends. I mean. If you look at EcoGen, I I think when we look at it, that depending on how many, because it it really varies. If you look at the industry, uh, typically for a truck and trailer industry, most operators will say the average diesel engine hours are around about 2000 per trailer. But I think we've got to look at it slightly differently when we look at fitting an ecogen to a tractor unit, because a tractor unit within most operations will be running on a twenty-four hour cycle. Therefore, it could, in theory, uh, be at least two trailers it picks up during that twenty-four hour cycle, and maybe even three or four if it's in a retail operation. So, I think when you look at the cost savings that can be, you know, had if uh, if uh, the average trap or the average tractor unit is coupled to a fridge trailer and the fridge is running seven hours a day then you're talking about potential savings uh, well it's 49 hours a week and then you you backtrack across there it will give the customer savings of about 15 tons of carbon per tractor unit per year with net saving of around about 2,800 pounds that's net so it's after taking out the cost of it so and then after five years uh, when you take off that uh, ecogen and fit it onto your next tractor unit the saving goes up then to over six thousand pounds a year so there are some you know some some really sizable amounts of money to be saved and and carbon uh, reductions Fantastic. especially if you're running a multi you know, 14 tons of carbon per tractor unit per year
0: yeah yeah as you say it's really important that it is a cost-saving exercise as well as sustainability for operator. yeah yeah um, so yeah that, that's really interesting so Obviously, technology is fast changing and we are seeing electric trucks coming out now with a, you know, a few different manufacturers. So I'm just wondering, do you have fridges that work on electric vehicles or is that something you could potentially
1: do in the future? No, we're, we're, we're already doing it. I mean, we have very extremely close links with um, uh, Volvo and Scania in, in, in Sweden, as you'd expect. I mean, uh, again, the relationship's been there for, for many, many years, being a, a Swedish company. So now we're already fairly well down the developed road with that. I think truck manufacturers generally don't like you tapping into the traction batteries. So some operators or some manufacturers are saying we've got to do that via what they call electronic power takeoff. Mm-hmm. So which which is great for us because we just fit a standard fridge. Uh, That's not the most efficient way running a hydraulic fridge with a full electric vehicle is inefficient because if we could run it on full electric, then we could probably reduce the power consumption required by about another 15%. -hmm. But we've recently done a a couple of projects over in Sweden where we've done the first Scania uh, and we've now got um, managed to to perfect an inverter. Uh, So we've got automotive inverters that bring the 700 volts down to 400 volts fridges run on 400 volts so we, we, we're doing that and that's that's been fantastic and we reduced power consumption by another 15 percent and the fridge is working beautifully and it's a full electric so uh, and we've got conversations happening with two or three truck manufacturers over here on full electric versions so no we're we certainly see that's the future and and i think the thing also with our fridges is that um, and our eco gens they run perfectly well on lng and cng as well so uh, any any power derivative, you know, our equipment can be fitted onto. I think also batteries. Um, I think batteries within some rigid operations are foreseeable, but I think it needs to be a modular construction uh, where they're bolted on to suit the specific requirement because these things are very expensive. I think they then need to be able to remove them, fit onto another vehicle. Uh, so we're trying to make it as modular as possible because they are very expensive at the moment.
0: Yeah, no, that, that's really interesting and fantastic that you've already got some fridges working on electric vehicles already. Yeah, yeah. And you're making them more and more efficient all the time. It's absolutely brilliant. And you touched on slightly there about your fridges working on C, CPG, LNG as well. So can you talk to me a little bit about that? Is it the exact same system, how it works? Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah
1: we've got uh, enough. I think I was over in Sweden this week actually, and um, pretty much every truck that's going through over there is either CNG or LNG or electric. Uh, so you know the yeah our system you know because we don't require a huge amount of energy from the engine uh, we can run the pto using cng lng uh, say or electric that we've touched on via epto or or via direct into the traction batteries i think cng and lng has got a play certainly a place uh, a place a part to play in uh, some operations where you've got fairly heavy mileage uh, and we've just put two two LNG or CNG track units which have gone into Moran Logistics Uh, but we've also got tests that have already proven very successful over in Ireland with a company called BWG Um, uh, and so they're they're looking to to order some more into the new year as well so yeah uh, it it works that's for sure although gas prices at the moment have uh, skyrocketed so but that's only a short-term thing I guess
0: yeah yeah hopefully and i think many of the operators tend to use bio cng and lng so yeah that's, that's right, yeah. right
1: but, um, yeah no, that's it, a- it kind of always it always makes me smile really because you know some operators that are running cng or, or lng and then they've got a dirty diesel engine that they're pulling behind it which is crazy really isn't it yeah
0: yeah yeah, yeah. yeah i
1: You're guess going from so yeah. i say there isn't i mean there isn't a truck that we can't fit an eco gen too so um yeah it would be great that to, to to fix it into so i'm sure operators are going down that route i know one or two of the retailers are going down that route
0: yeah absolutely and i guess it's education
1: as well so yeah 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 yeah, yeah. absolutely and i think you know once once first of april happens i think to be fair there's been so many challenges for operators uh, and, and 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 retailers up and down the country in terms of driver shortages brexit uh, and, and so many challenges they've run they've done to run the business just to to try and keep up um i think the focus probably hasn't been looking at you know these long-term projects and i'm sure they'll come on to i'm getting more inquiries now so i'm sure they're gonna come more into this you know the fore of people's minds once we get christmas out of the way because obviously christmas is not too far away is it yeah
0: no it's not so so just moving on to more general questions now, not necessarily about fridges, but what are your thoughts on the different alternative fuels available and which way do you think the UK will potentially go with this? Obviously, we've got hydrogen, there's HVO, as you say, CNG, LNG, lots of different things, on electric. So what do you think about those?
1: I, that's a really good question. I, I think you have to look at what the manufacturers of the trucks are doing. Um, and when you look at, the investment that's going into batteries, Um, they know exactly where they're going with regard to this investment because you're talking billions of euros that are being invested. When I was over in Sweden, I saw we went past the the Scania uh, gigafactory that they're building now, you know? Um, So, I mean, I think it was something like 800 million euros. I mean, They don't invest this kind of money into a technology that's not going to work. So I think, to be fair, as I see it, you're going to see battery power up to probably 18 tons into the foreseeable future. And I think hydrogen is going to play a, you know, a bigger part um, as we look forward to that. But I think the technology, as far well as I'm, I'm not a, a, an officiator or an engineer, but I think when you look around the technology of electric drivetrains that's being developed, they'll be exactly the same with hydrogen. And all hydrogen will do will generate electricity that feeds into batteries, and then batteries then run run the drivetrains to the truck and I think that'll come in from 18 tonnes to tractor units in the medium term yeah um yeah uh, and I, but I think diesel's still got a very valid part to play especially when you can drop it in with HVO if operators can pay that little bit extra uh, and prepared to pay that little bit extra to to become almost carbon neutral then that's a valuable part to play as well
0: yeah absolutely um yeah really interesting insight into that and there is it is literally just looking into the future isn't it we don't know how
1: it's going yeah i think we need to i I think when we look at you know fridge design for electric vehicles we need to look at it a bit different Um, in the past there's never really been any control about the amount of powers required to run a fridge because we've had the diesel engine generally with over capacity doing it inefficiently but it's generated the power that's required to run the compressors. When you're looking at electric and you're plugging into the traction batteries, it's a totally different game of of, of football, so to speak, because what we are then trying to do is use the minimum amount of power to maintain the load temperature. So we're looking at, and we're doing a project now with a a manufacturer where we're looking to to really almost go to a, uh, a, a standard fridge in your house, running it on 220 volts, and, and being much more economical with the amount of electricity that we need to be able to maintain the temperature. Because the more energy you take from the main traction batches, it reduces the amount of mileage that the guy can travel. So, and again, aerodynamics will play a very important part in that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. No, that is um, something to consider. And also, I suppose um, another thing to consider is what happens with the the end of life. But I know that you mentioned that you can take these fridges and move them onto the next next truck and use it again so can you explain a little bit more about how you can you can do that and extend the
1: well, life the- I, I think as a society i mean we, we all have to ask the question don't we are, are we going to be in the same sphere of you know using it for five or six years and throwing it away and let somebody else have, have the problem with it or are we going to look at making things last longer because there's a, you know there's a you know if you can make it last twice as long you are reducing the amount of carbon by one hundred percent, aren't you so there's there's a logic that tells me is that if you buy it right to start with and make it last longer and I think around the technology of electric vehicles that will be that's what's going to happen the The actual platform will run for fifteen years, and you perhaps replace the batteries uh, or enhance them as technology changes after seven or eight or nine years. Yeah. so that way then you'll need your equipment. Because of the cost of electric trucks, I mean, they're enormously more expensive than standard diesel engines. You've got to make it last longer. Uh, And I think that's when we've got some real great products because our technology has been designed to last a long time. Anyway, uh, it kind of fits within that that um, that business model, if you like, to run it for 10, 12, 14 years, because we've got a very reliable system that's well designed and well built uh, that does last that long because over in the Nordics they don't they tend to do body swaps and I think what we're going to see is certainly on diesel engines it does doesn't make sense to buy a good quality refrigerated body and buy it for five years and then change it. It makes a lot of commercial sense then is to to buy another truck and take that body off and fit it onto the new chassis and yeah. go again. yeah, yeah. That, that's what I would certainly be considering. I did a couple of projects when I was uh, working with Graham Adams a number of years ago and that, and that was reasonably successful.
0: Yeah brilliant that's really good to know. Um, so just one final question and as we we're recording this as COP26 is taking place I'm just wondering what you are hoping to see come out of COP and how you think that might affect the transport industry?
1: That's a good question and I'm watching with interest but to be fair I'm I guess I'm quite skeptical about what's going to come out when you when you've got 190 countries trying to unify their, their voice and uh, and you've got some of the biggest polluters not really coming to the table when they're going to actually peak. I mean, I think it's China have said that they might peak at 2030 in terms of the carbon, yet they produce 30% of the carbon. So I think all we can do as, as a society is I think one of the great things is that we're all aware of it now, aren't we? And I think we can all go our own, we can all do our own bit. Yeah. Uh, and I think, you know, I think there'll be some some great strides forward uh, from from COP twenty six, but not far enough.
0: Yeah, yeah, uh,
1: it's, it's very tough. So yeah, I'm very sceptical, really.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, that that is understandable. Um, so yeah, I think that that's all all of the questions. So yeah, yes,
1: well, it's been a pleasure.
0: Thank you. Yeah, is there anything else you want to add? Um, at all
1: no not at all I mean if there's just people if they'd like to contact me they can find Holtsteins via LinkedIn uh, or drop a line through to you or, or myself uh, direct and if there's any questions uh, I, I try I'm trying to be as impartial as I can I mean this is just one technology there's a number of technologies out there I think you know Holstein's has got a, a great product but it's only a solution uh, and there's obviously it's not a one-size-fits-all I think when when you look at carbon reduction I think there's a there's a blending process that needs to happen, you know, that I think it's almost like getting on a ladder um, that, you know, the ladder will stretch up, but you've got to get on the ladder. Um, so I think, you know, when you're talking to operators, there's things they could do that don't cost a lot with immediate savings and fitting our is one you know if you if you look to fit an ecogen and you're doing 49 hours a week on your tractor units and you're paying it on a hp you are saving money from the first week so this is not a technology that you know is saying that i'm going to have to invest and my return on capital is going to be weeks no the savings immediate and so you know that's where we need to look at i think we need uh, operators to to be bold and, and take that step forward because the technology is there now
0: yeah, absolutely. No, I love that. And thank you so, so much for your time. It's been a great talk. has
1: been a pleasure.